Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is. We're so glad that you chose to spend it with us on the Through the Eyes of Jesus podcast. My name is Isaiah Leininger, and with me today is Walker Howell. Yes, and we are excited about being here today, and I'm excited about the topic today, Isaiah. You know, there's a lot of issues facing the world today, a lot of problems that we're facing, not only as individuals, but the world is facing as a whole, and we have um, a lot to discuss today, but it's great to be here with you, and it's uh, and I'm so excited about looking at these worldly issues that we're facing today through the eyes of Jesus. Absolutely, Walker. We're so glad, again, to have you guys with us. Just for a quick review, again, this is the Through the Eyes of Jesus podcast, and our goal is to help you look at worldly perspectives through a Christian lens. We're trying to help you understand the problems that the world has today through the perspective that God has. That's right. And, you know, there's a lot of um, perspectives that the world has right now with all the issues that we're facing. Um, we are constantly looking at things from various different angles. And I think we often forget the angle that Christ often looked at issues with. And so today we're going to be talking about a controversial topic uh, for some, and that is COVID-19, because COVID-19 has really impacted the way that we live our life. It's changed the way that we've done a lot of things in our life, and we've all been struggling with this problem. But we're also going to talk about this other problem that we face as well. And it's something that's always been around even before COVID-19. And the and the matter of fact is, is that one of them is a problem that we um, that there's no eternal consequence if we die from it. But the other one, if we die from this problem, then there's eternal consequences that come with it. And so I think the one that has eternal consequences is the one that we really need to be focusing on in our everyday lives. Um, and so, yeah, so COVID-19, we've, we've all been struggling with the problem and, you know, it, it, it's something that's really impacted the way that we've lived our life. Definitely. Definitely. Like you said, it's something that everyone's had to deal with. Everyone that we know has been affected by it in some way. Maybe they contracted the virus. Maybe they know someone who did or, at the very least, their work schedule, their school schedule, if they're still a student, was interrupted in some way. Right. Uh, and and like, like you mentioned, COVID changed the way that we live our lives, right? COVID has changed a lot of the things that we considered normal mm -hmm. beforehand. Uh, I, I remember seeing something say, said online that, you know, looking from bowling at a COVID, from a COVID perspective, it seems ridiculous, mm -hmm. right? Go to a public place, grab bowling balls that everyone else in the universe has touched, wear bowling <laughs> shoes that everyone else in the universe has worn. I mean, it's a germ fest if you think about it right. in that way. Mm -hmm. if, you don't, if you don't think about the fun that you can have mm -hmm. while bowling. And I think that uh, definitely COVID has changed the way that we interact with others. Walker, do you want to go ahead and hit on that? I, I definitely agree. I think it has changed the way that we interact with others. Um, it has definitely change the way that we um, that we do a variety of things, like you said, and uh, it's really a physical problem. It's something that um, we are struggling with currently in the physical world, but whenever we reach eternity side, we'll no longer have to deal with COVID-19, and I think that's one of the great things, one of the silver lining things, at least and how I look at things um, about this virus, is that this is not one that's going to affect us for eternity. This is one that's temporary, and it's only going to stay around for a short amount of time, at least for while we're on this earth. Yeah, that's very true, Walker. It's very true. 
Now, it, it, of course, we are sympathetic, and it is very unfortunate right. for all those who who contract the virus, and, and you know, in some some cases, even end up perishing from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, our, our our deepest sympathy and, and condolences to those who have dealt with this in their in their family. Uh, we certainly would not wish this upon anyone. Very true. But like you mentioned, COVID is a physical problem, mm-hmm. and once the virus fades away, or, or once you know we all pass from this life, we're not going to have to worry about COVID anymore because that was a physical problem on this physical earth. That's right. But you know, kind of like. COVID, we all have another problem, mm-hmm. and that problem is a spiritual problem, Walker. Mm-hmm. It is, and this problem is something that we've known about, at least uh, us Christians have known about for a very long time. And maybe those who are not familiar with the Bible, or maybe this is your first time ever hearing about the Bible podcast or anything like that, you may not be familiar with what this disease is that's been plaguing this world for so long, and that's this thing called sin. And sin is a spiritual problem, and it's something that is been around for generations after generations ever since the creation of mankind and as we're going to look at in just a few minutes and you know you may ask the question well what is sin well sin is anything that breaks god's laws anything that we're doing wrong um and that is not defined in god's word as something that is the right thing to do and so we need to be careful um with this this problem called sin, because like I said, this is a spiritual problem. This is something that can last with us for eternity. And if we don't fix this problem before we die, then there's going to be eternal consequences for us. And we're going to hit on that shortly. And so um, I think, I think first, I think we got to go back to the very beginning and establish what happened. Why, how did we get to this point? You know, we, we talk about COVID and we, we, we know how COVID started and different things like that. But how did sin actually start? And I think we got to go back to Genesis chapter three. Definitely, Walker. Uh, real quick, I do want to mm-hmm. add something to your to your definition of sin, mm-hmm. uh, just just for the viewers at home. Not only is sin something that goes against God's law, if we do something that God told us specifically not to do, like what our characters in Genesis chapter three did, which we'll look look at in a few seconds, but sin is also doing something or excuse me, sin is also the presence of not doing something that God told us to do. Uh, If you look at James chapter 4 and verse 17, you can see there uh, just just what the uh, the scripture's opinion of doing nothing when you're supposed to be doing right is. Again, James chapter 4 and verse 17 says, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So not only in our walk with Christ do we need to watch out for doing the things that we were told not to do, but we also need to make sure that we're doing the things that we were told to do. Because if we fail in either one of those things, it's a sin. And sin, as we'll talk about later, separates us from God. That's right. And it's and it's something that um, that definitely separates us from God, like you said. And, you know, everyone has been affected by sin. It's not just the people that we're going to be discussing about here in a few minutes, but everyone sins and everyone falls short of the glory of God. And, you know, I'm reminded of Romans 3 and verse 23, where it says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we also find a passage in 1 John 1, 8 through 10. And it reads, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. 
And, you know, we're going to be focusing really on verse nine in this passage. And just a few uh, after we talk about Genesis chapter three and the characters we find in there, we're going to be focusing on like the how God plans to help us with our sin and how he plans to forgive us of our sins and different things like that. But that's later on in the episode. So whenever we get back, we're going to take a short break real quick. And whenever we get back, we're going to really dive into Genesis chapter three and see the history of sin. Welcome back to Through the Eyes of Jesus podcast. I'm still Isaiah and Walker is still Walker as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Before the break, we spent a few seconds looking at 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. And I want to spend a few seconds, Walker, talking about verse 9 especially. Uh, and the reason I want to do that is because some people will unintentionally pull this verse out of context. Uh, some people will unintentionally misinterpret this verse and give it a, a meaning different than what was originally intended by John. Uh, a lot of people, if they just look at verse 9, will say, oh, all I have to do is, is say, God, hey, God, I did this sin, and God's going to go, oh, that's fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. You're all good, bud. And in reality, while God does certainly offer forgiveness of sins, that's certainly not something that we want to short in any, in any way. Right. That promise that John is making here through the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit told John uh, to write this. That promise was only for baptized believers. That promise was only for those who had been added to the church, who had been saved, again, through baptism. And we'll, we'll hopefully hit on that in a later episode, why baptism is so important. But that promise was only for those living as a Christian as the way God commanded. And so for us today, if we are truly baptized believers, if we truly are a part of the Lord's family, then this promise still applies to us. But if we're not, if we haven't been baptized, if we're not fully in the Lord, if we're not fully serving the Lord, then this promise doesn't apply to us. It's not written to us. So we have to make sure in any context, in any part of the Bible that we look at the context, but especially here, we need to be careful that we don't pull this verse out of context and just say that God is going to forgive our sins no matter what. Thank you for that explanation, Isaiah, of the first John 1, 8 through 10, um, as that is a very important point to address. And, you know, just like COVID had a beginning, you know, sin also had a beginning. And like we've been talking about from the beginning of the episode, we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 3, and that's where we're at now. Genesis chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you will eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, or to the eyes, and it, the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. 
And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to God, then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So we see here in this passage that man and woman were in the Garden of Eden with God. They were in the presence of God. But then the serpent comes along, and the serpent tempts Eve to, t to do the one thing that God had commanded them not to do. God gave them one rule, and they broke it. And that one rule was to not eat fruit from a specific tree. Now, to you and me, fruit is fruit, right? There's not a big difference between one tree or another tree. And, you know, maybe we don't understand what the difference really was. And I'm assuming Adam and Eve didn't either. But the thing is, just because we don't understand why God says something doesn't mean that it's any less true, right? I mean, a lot of people will look at a certain command, you know, uh, take, for instance, uh, follow, take up your cross and follow me, right? They don't understand what that means. They don't, they don't understand what God is saying there, and so they ignore it, right? Or they, they say, well, since I don't understand it, I don't have to, I don't have to follow it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for us to remember that God's law stays whether we understand it or not. And God has the power to make laws because he is the creator of the universe. Very true. Very true. And, you know, the and just to establish a little bit of context before we read Genesis 3, you know, they were just created not too long ago before this actually happened. And they they were created and God had a plan for them. And I don't and, you know, a lot of people make this theory that God had. Uh, well, we all we all knew that God had a plan for creation and stuff. And so we knew that this was ultimately a part of the plan. And a lot of people make this theory that they actually ate from an apple. And I want to just address this real quick. You know, it's not a big deal, so to say. But, you know, the Bible doesn't actually say that they ate from an apple. They just ate of the tree. And like you were saying, it's the principle of the matter that they ate from the fruit after God had told them not to. And so since they disobey God's command, it really had a monumental impact on the future and how we live our lives today. And it has changed. It didn't, it didn't only just change their lives, but it's changed the whole world from that point on. And so as we see, if we were to read the rest of Genesis throughout the Bible, we see that sin began to multiply. And it began to multiply among generations. Absolutely, Walker. I mean, you even just look at Adam and Eve's sons, mm -hmm. right? In Genesis chapter 4, the very next chapter, we find the story of Cain and Abel. And Cain and Abel, of course, like I said, were the first sons of Adam and Eve. And God asked them to make sacrifices to right. him again. He is God, right? We are supposed to worship him. We are supposed to make sacrifices for him. And the way he asked for sacrifices back then is different than he does it now. He doesn't expect us to offer lambs or offer harvest right. now uh, because we have a sacrifice. And we'll get to that at, towards the end of the show. That's right. 
But the point of the matter is, Abel offered a sacrifice that God accepted because it was what he had asked for. Cain gave a sacrifice that was not what God wanted. And so because of that, God accepted Abel's sacrifice and not Cain's. And when Cain saw this, he got angry, and this led to the first murder. Cain got jealous of his brother. He was angry at what had happened, and so he killed his brother in Genesis chapter 4. And the sin doesn't stop there, Walker. No, it doesn't. And uh, later on, in a couple chapters over, in Genesis chapter 6, we read of another man. His name was Noah, and he lived in a time where, you know, in the first few chapters of Genesis chapter 6, it talks about how the world at the time had its mindset on evil continually. And, you know, the the magnitude of that statement is surreal to me because the fact that Noah was the only man who was perfect in his generation and he was righteous and the everyone else around him was focused on evil continually. That says a lot about Noah, not only as a man, but also at the state of the world and what it was in at that moment in time. And so, you know, and it just keeps on going on from there. Um, and Noah had a tough task. And that's a different episode for a different day. But he he was a really a really strong man of faith and one who was righteous in his generation and ultimately showed the people who were living in this wrong world what God had to say. And he tried to teach them uh, that hey, God is going to destroy the earth, and so we need to get our lives on track and whatnot. And people just didn't want to listen. And I think that plays also into the issue of sin today. You know, people want to get their lives on track, but either, number one, they don't know what to listen to. They don't know how to do it. Or number two, they just don't want to listen. And they, they've shut out this idea of trying to find a solution. And so whenever we get back, we're going to be discussing what this solution is. Is there a solution to sin? Is there a solution to solve it? And if so, what is it? And how do we go about solving this solution of sin? So we'll be right back in just a few moments as Uh, You are listening to the Through the Eyes of Jesus podcast. Welcome back to the Through the Eyes of Jesus podcast. So far in this episode, Walker, we spent time looking at the physical problems that everyone has been having in the past couple years with the pandemic. And the more important, the more relevant to our conversation, the spiritual problem that we all face. And that, of course, is sin. And we know from verses like Romans chapter 3, verse 23, and 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10, that every person sins, right? It's not something that anyone can say they're not guilty of. Everyone has sinned at some point in their life. Usually, it's pretty much every day, right? I know personally that I make a lot of mistakes every day. And we see from verses like Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 that the wages of sin is death, or what we earn from sinning is death. So how do we avoid that, right? That's that's the issue. If if we all sin and sin is death, what are we supposed to do? How how do we get out of dying? What what are we supposed to do there? And the answer is we can do nothing, right? It's not in our power to forgive sins. Luckily for us, God has that power. That's right. And God chooses to give us the give us a path on which our sins can be forgiven. He gives us the solution to our spiritual problem. And that solution is Christ. 
That's right. And, you know, I'm reminded whenever you talk about this idea of the solution being Christ, I'm reminded of the saying that I heard all throughout elementary school, all throughout middle school, all throughout high school. You know, whenever you were acting up or something, people would say, you need Jesus. Or whenever you would say something that ain't right, they say, you need Jesus. And, you know, really, we throw this term around loosely, but in all seriousness and from what we've been discussing right now, you know, it's very true. We need Jesus because he is the only one who can cure the issue that we're struggling with. He's the only one who can cure this spiritual disease. And it's only whenever we seek him and we look at him and we look in what his word has to say about curing this disease, he's the only one that's going to be able to offer that prescription. And, you know, the amazing thing is how he went about giving us this prescription because we know that before he ever decided to come and die for us, he had it made. He was sitting at the right hand of God. He was living it up in glory and he was, he had everything that he could ask for. And then he decided because he had so much love for us that he would be willing to humble himself, put himself in the form of a man and come and dwell among the earth where he would live as a man for 33 years. And he would ultimately be the greatest disciple to walk the face of this earth. He would be the greatest person, the perfect person to walk the face of this earth. And because he was so perfect, he was led to the cross where he died an innocent death um, because for one sole reason, and that's because he loved us so much that he was willing to die for us. And it was through that death that we were given the perfect prescription of the forgiveness of sins because his death wasn't just a one-time saving thing. It's a redeeming thing, and we are able to redeem his forgiveness every time we mess up, and that's just such a beautiful thing. Absolutely. You know, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the passage in 1 John chapter 1, mm -hmm. verse 9. You know, as baptized believers, as Christians, once we have been baptized, we don't need to continually be baptized. That's right. Because God has offered us the chance to repent after that. He's offered us forgiveness from that. And then bouncing off the point that you made a little bit before that, you were talking about God's love for us and, and Jesus's love for us. And that's what pushed him to go the distance, to go that far, uh, to, to sacrifice himself on the cross. And, you know, when you said that, it reminded me of John, first John chapter three and verse 16, which says, by this, we know love because he laid down his life for us. Right. How do, how do we know what love is? Because God and Jesus gave us a perfect example of what love is. And that was sending Christ down to the cross to be killed and, and crucified and tortured for our sake. Not because he did anything wrong. In fact, for, uh, First Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 says that God made Christ, who didn't know any sin, to be sin. For us so that we could have the righteousness of God through him right it's not anything that we did it's not anything that we have done to deserve this sacrifice but it's out of love mm -hmm. it's out of love that God and Jesus went through with the sacrifice went through with the crucifixion and that kind of love is something that we need to remember in our day-to-day -day lives and it's something that we need to strive to show to other people you know, you mentioned First John 3 and verse 16 and about the love that he has for us. If you look at John 3 and verse 16, one of the well-known quoted verses and uh, 
that I've ever heard. And that is for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And once again, I want to make this clarification here that he's not saying that belief is the only aspect to salvation. There are other steps that we must take in order to be saved, but belief is definitely one of those aspects. But the main focus of this verse here is to show that the love that Christ had for us, that he was willing to give his son as a perfect sacrifice. And as you mentioned, first John chapter three and verse 16, and these verses are so beautiful. And I'm also reminded of John chapter uh 15 and verse 13, greater love has no more than this than to lay down one's life for one's friend. You, you bring up some excellent points, Walker, but I've got a question for you. Okay? okay. So we know from the scriptures that we have sinned. Right. And that sin separates us from God. We can see that in Isaiah chapter 59. Mm-hmm. But we also see God's love for us, mm-hmm. that he sent his son to be the sacrifice for our sins. We see the amount of love, the amazing, awe-inspiring, unconceivable amount of love that God has for us. What should we do with this knowledge? What should someone listening to this podcast do with that knowledge? With the knowledge that God loved them so much, loved them individually so much, to send Christ to die on the cross. What should they do with that information? You know, I think it first comes with believing it. Do you truly believe that Christ did what we've talked about that he did and what we've outlined through scripture that he did? You know, if, if we were to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, it's the greatest love story that was ever written. And we have really went into depth about Christ's love for us in this segment so far. And if we truly believe this, it's going to cause us to make a change in our life. It's going to cause us to repent of our sins and to turn away from the wrongdoing in our life because we have, like we've talked about, we've fallen short. We've we've made, we've messed up and we need this opportunity to repent. And I'm reminded of Acts chapter 17 and verse 30. It says, truly in these times of ignorance, God overlooked or winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. And I'm also reminded of Luke chapter 3 and verse five as he talks about i tell you no but unless you repent you shall all likewise perish i'm sorry i've misquoted luke chapter 13 verses three and five he says that same verse twice in the same passage and i think that's a really important uh thing to grasp that repentance is a very key aspect of salvation and once we repent of our sins and we turn away from the wrongdoing in our life it then causes us to confess that christ is our savior before others and telling the whole world how we know this man who was the greatest man on earth, and his name was Jesus. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 32, Therefore, whosoever confesses in me before men, therefore I also shall confess him before the Father, which is in heaven. And then upon that confession, we, as we read in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, I think we addressed that earlier, we, we see that the commandment of being baptized for the remission of our sins. And then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of your sins, and you too shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And as we talked about in this segment, we talked about the death of Jesus and how his blood was the one that redeemed that redeems us from our sins. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse seventeen gives a similar analogy whenever we talk about the idea of being saved by his blood. And whenever we are buried in Christ through the waters of baptism, we become a new creation. And that is such a beautiful way to describe how we are to be saved because we are buried 
and the blood of Christ, which is represented by the water. And whenever we come up, we are raised up as a new creature and we're raised up to walk in newness of life. And it doesn't stop there. People think that we end at just once we're baptized, we guaranteed our ticket into heaven and boom, we can go on. And we don't have to do anything else that the Bible says for the rest of the time. Well, if you think that way, then I'm here to tell you that there's another aspect that you're overlooking, and that is remaining faithful until death. Now, let's make it known that Christ never did say that the rest of the life would be easy. He never did say that the Christian life would be easy at all. In fact, he says the quite opposite. He says that the Christian life is going to be hard. You're going to face hardships. You're going to face troubles. But the thing that he wants us to remember is that he's always there for us. And we've looked a lot in First John, and I think there's one more verse that we got to look at, and that's First John chapter 2 and verse 1. My little children, these things I write unto you, that you sin not. But if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. And we can know that we know him if we keep his commandments. And the greatest thing about the whole salvation plan is that once we're saved— we know we're still going to mess up, but we still have Jesus there on our side. So to sum up the answer, or your answer to my question, Walker. Which is a very long-winded one. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We're both preachers. That's right. But to, to summarize what you just said, once we understand the love that Jesus had for us, the only proper response, the only response that makes any sense mm-hmm. is to follow tur- exactly is to follow him. Is to turn away from all of the things that separate us from him. Yeah. Is to follow his commands uh, to, to be baptized, to repent of our sins, to confess him, his name, to go out and preach the world, and to live faithfully. That is the only way that we can truly show our love back to God, is if we give our lives to him. Because he gave his life for us. Now I got a question for you. <laughs> you know, you mentioned earlier the book of Isaiah. Did you write the book of Isaiah? <laughs> I did not. I've got a question for you. Your name is Walker. Did you invent Walkie? No, I did not. Well, there you go. And that is a stupid question segment. <laughs> oh, man. But as we look at this idea of Jesus being the redeeming factor, and we look at the idea of sin being the greatest problem, um, I'm reminded of Mark chapter two, and you know we may be going over time here, but I, it, it's I think it's something important to address, and that is we we've looked at how COVID was an issue and how we have doctors and nurses to help us with this problem, but with sin, Jesus is the great physician, and in Mark chapter two we read about him being the great physician, and we don't have time to look at the passages today, but if you have time to go and look at Mark chapter two, I would encourage you to do so because it's such a powerful passage and it really shows. Jesus as the great physician. And so we need to remember that in our everyday lives, that we can try to seek all these other things in the world to try to cure us from our our physical problem. And we may even look into the world to try to cure our spiritual problem. But the only, th- the only person that's going to cure our spiritual problem is Jesus and him himself. Amen. Whenever we get back, we're going to wrap things up. So stick around with us, and we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back to the Through the Eyes of Jesus podcast. Today, we've looked at this real problem that is sin, and we've seen that all people sin, and that sin separates them from God. I like to think of it like this. Imagine that you're standing on the edge of a canyon. Behind you is a roaring fire. It's out of control, and if you can't get to the other side, you'll be lost. 
you look and you look, but there's no way to get across the canyon. You're doomed. That is our spiritual situation. There's nothing that we can do to escape the condemnation from our sins. But then there came Jesus. And Jesus laid his life down for us. He became a bridge for us so that we could get across to the other side, so that we could escape condemnation for our sins. And we looked at today how we should respond when we recognize the power and the love that Jesus has. What, what, how should we respond to that? And our response should be dedicating our lives to him and becoming a member of his church. But to do that, you can't just do it however you decide. You're not the one in control there. You have to do it the way that God has told us to do it. And that is to hear the word that he has spoken to us, as we see in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. We need to believe that what it says is true. We see that in Acts chapter 16 and verse 31. Then we must repent of our sins. We must fully turn away from the old life and be... And, and set our sights on serving God. We see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. We have to publicly confess that Jesus is Lord, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. And then we must be fully immersed into the waters of baptism, as it says in Acts 2.38. And we do that for the forgiveness of sins. And once we have done all these things, we need to make sure that we are remaining faithful, we are obeying the rest of the commands that God has given us. Because otherwise, like you mentioned earlier, we're not just going to punch that ticket into heaven and get on. Because sometimes our own actions cause us to miss that flight. And so we need to make sure that we are staying faithful until death. Very, very true. And it, it, and it can be very hard at times to remain faithful. But I think that's such the great thing about having other Christians around and the, uh, the idea of fellowship and being able to... Uh, talk with one another about the things that you're struggling with. And not only that, but to have the power of prayer, which we discussed in last episode, the power of prayer is so great. And it's something that we sometimes don't use enough. And so using prayer and using like-minded Christians to help us in our everyday walk is something that we all need to utilize a little bit more, I think. And that's what Isaiah and I are here for. We're here to help you. We're here to be that support that you may need in your life. If you need anything at all, feel free to reach out to us. We have a number that you can text us at um, if you would like, or you, you can text us your prayer request, call us, anything you would like. The number is 731-439-9671. Again, that is 731-439-9671. And if you want to be on the show, just text that number and let us know, and we'll be more than happy to send you information on how you can go about joining the show and what we have coming up. But we are so excited that we uh, got to spend this time with you today talking with you about the real problem. And it's definitely something that has been um, affecting us for a very long time and it will continue to affect us into the future. And thank you, Isaiah, uh, for um, joining me again today. And we look forward to next time.